From Studio 102 in the scenic BBG Annex, it's Hearts of Fire, the podcast for the team at BioBridge Global, who are working every day to save and enhance lives through the healing power of human cells and tissue. I'm your host, David King, and our guest today is Laura Eikhoff. Thank you for having me. So uh, we always sort of start people with a really easy question. So the easy question for you is, where are you from? Well, it's a good question, too, because I'm not from here, but I came here as fast as I could. I was born and raised in Turin, Italy, in the northwestern corner, close to the French border. I could basically walk to France from (laughs) my family home. Um, Beautiful place, close to the mountains, not far from the ocean, and it has a couple of special features. One of them, it's on definitely on the chocolate highway. So that's where Nutella was created. That's where Ferrero Rocher come from. Good chocolate. If you're a chocolate lover as I am, it's a good place to be. And a few other things. Breadsticks, Fiat automobiles. Not sure if that's good or bad. The Holy Shroud of Christ. That's definitely important. So it's a notable city. And, and, And when did you leave Torino? So after graduating high school, my family moved to Southern Italy, where I got my college degree. I lived in Naples for eight years, and I started working as a language teacher there. I pursued a bachelor's degree in foreign languages, and I was teaching Italian to American military and civilians on the NATO base in Naples, and that changed the course of my life. I met my husband there, and then the adventure began moved to the Netherlands, and from the Netherlands, we landed in San Antonio, Texas, a couple decades ago. (laughs) And and how did you wind up with this organization? So that's also an interesting coincidence. I was working at Credit Human, uh, the credit union next door, literally, and it's a total coincidence, but I was always keeping my eyes open to see what was out there, what opportunities might lay ahead, and I just coincidentally saw an ad um, about a company that didn't have a training department and wanted to create a learning and development department and was looking for a director who was experienced in setting up a team uh, with respect to learning and development. And I thought, wow, this sounds so interesting. I'd love to, to, to stand something up from the ground up. And at the time, things were changing in my old company. Uh, the way we're doing learning and development was not the same anymore. There was a lot of consultant hiring versus internal training. So it wasn't as much fun anymore. And I thought, well, how fun it would be to create a, a team from ground up to make a difference. And so that's how I applied here and went through a selection. And the rest is history. And I've been here almost nine years. So, so tell us what you do, what your title is, and what your job entails. That's also a good question because, um, you know, HR is a very diverse team. Uh, we, we have a lot of different functions and um, <clears throat> we collaborate a lot internally. But uh, we do different things and I'm the senior director of HR and learning. So I oversee the learning and development team and uh, the strategic learning uh, activities that we pursue, but also compensation and system administration. So over the years, I've dabbled in different areas of HR. I think I've pretty much touched all of them uh, in some, you know, in some way. And um, I love my job. I see every day how we can impact our internal stakeholders, employees, and managers. And right now, one of the biggest focuses for our team is to really 
um, continue collaboratively building and strengthening a culture that's placing people first. And so making managers' job easier to the extent possible, making managers more successful, and at the same time creating an environment where employees want to come to work and stay to work. So retention is definitely at the forefront of our um, you know, objectives, especially in 2023. So could you tell us a little about your human resources, the strategic plan for this year? Um, you will see more in upcoming weeks in terms of our plans, but as we are finalizing our strategic objectives for 2023, we see a theme forming and it is how to facilitate a great retention. We have incredible talent. We know that our intellectual horsepower at BioBridge Global is one of our biggest assets. We wanna retain that talent to the extent possible and continue attracting strong talent. And we see culture as one of the elements in addition to strong compensation, appealing benefits, um, dynamic leadership. There are many components that lead to this, but we want to really partner with our internal stakeholders to ensure that we are a great place to work and continue being as such. You'll also see some changes to our talent management system. We are planning an upgrade as SAP slowly fades into the background for good. And so we, we anticipate that that will make um, managers' jobs more agile and uh, you know uh, a little bit more facilitated, but also employees' access more interesting and appealing to the younger generations as well. Where, where is our, our culture initiative, the Seneca initiative headed? We are gonna continue having conversations across the organization about a brand of leadership that is definitely focused on the achievement of performance objectives, but also characterized by behaviors that are increasingly compassionate empathetic, empowering, and vulnerable. Um, we know that performance is what builds careers, behavior is what can derail them. And we know as the more we ask, the more we survey our employees, the more we find out that the one thing that can turn them off and diminish the impact of their performance is not having a good rapport with their managers, not having an authentic conversation with their peers. So we want to continue partnering with our stakeholders to ensure that we become better and better at having those conversations. That managers know their employees on a personal basis, that there is um, compassion for the human issues that might happen in their lives. What we give we get back in spades. And so by improving continuously those relationships, we see how the Seneca principles will become the continued foundation of a people first culture. So people first is what we are, not only in terms of the community and our donor population, but also internally. It, take, it will take some time, but we'll continue working. Yeah, and the, the Seneca program is is basically a framework. It's mm -hmm. it's it's a framework where you're achieving this whether you use Seneca system or you use somebody else's system, right? Right. And see, we've become accustomed to using the terminology Seneca because that's what the um, uh, individuals who who first 
uh, espoused the framework referred to. Seneca was a, a Roman leader who was famous for his pursuit of fairness and kindness. And he was a strong leader. He was not afraid of making difficult decisions. He was not afraid of pulling the trigger. But he also knew that if you treat people well, you'll get their best performance. And treating them well can also be holding them accountable and explaining to folks that their own behavior may be the cause of, you know, sometimes having to take action. So it is not a soft framework just because it talks about love and empathy and vulnerability. It takes more strength to be vulnerable and to admit that we've been wrong than to say, oh, this is my idea and I'm not going to change. That's the easiest thing to do, you know. Um, that's why it is a, a, a stretch assignment for each of us to really be vulnerable to the point of saying, you know, you're my team, I made this mistake, learn from my mistake, or I will help you fix it, whatever the case may be. But to have the ability to be totally human with our team members is absolutely um, priceless. And that is something that, that goes back to mindsets. It really goes back to mindsets. And it is a little different mindset than a lot of people are used to in business. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the shortcuts are always faster, right? If you just say, do as I say, and no, no pushback. There are times when as a leader, lead, effective leaders are situational. And there are times when you have to say, hey, this is the way we're going to do things. No ands, ifs, or buts. If there's an emergency, if there's a high risk at stake, there are, so the challenge for us as leaders, and everybody can be a leader, even without being a manager, is to choose the right approach for each situation. And so what's important is to understand that there's no softness or weakness in leading with love, in leading with empathy. It's harder than leading with the stick. All right. So... So let's shift gears a little bit here. Tell us about what you like to do outside of work. All right. Well, you know, what's interesting is that I find that as, as I grow up, um, I still like the same things I liked as a teenager. So I've always been an avid reader, except now I consume audiobooks and, you know, utilize my commute back and forth. And last year I read, read, listened to 27 books. So it was a good investment. Um, some in English, some in Italian. So that's great company. I'm also uh, very big on music. I always have music in the background. Um, I'm accused of singing from time to time. And um, I like rock, particularly new hard rock. And so I make it a point every year uh, of going to a concert with my daughter. We, we choose a festival out of town and we attend a couple, three days of, you know, people watching, music listening, and sightseeing. So that's one of my hobbies. I love travel. I, uh, I look forward to hopefully traveling some more. So one last thing, what, what sort of motivates you? What motivates you every day to come to work? It's always been, and it's been a blessing. I think this has been one of the blessings in my life is that at a fairly young age, I realized that I enjoyed and I was I had a natural affinity for talking to people and for uh, education. I, I started my career as a teacher and then as a school administrator, and then I migrated into HR. And in every one of those arenas, I know that you can make a difference. 
and you can make a difference in people's life by allowing them to learn new skills, encouraging them, providing examples. Uh, to me, making a difference has always been important. And the fact that I landed at BioBridge Global, which has, as I always say, a mission to live for, makes it even more uh, encouraging and motivational because what we do here really saves lives. So even when you have a bad day, you gotta remember that this is not a job for any of us. It's, it's a true mini mission that each of us embodies. Well, thanks for coming by, we appreciate it. Thank you for having me, it was a pleasure. Love, lovely visit. I'm a big fan of corporate communications. <laughs> thanks a lot. Thank you. Executive producers of Hearts of Fire are Adrian Mendoza and Jay Pajinski. Producer is Heather Hughes. Our director is Angelica Sandoval, with technical assistance from Matthew Flores. The Hearts of Our logo was designed by Roberto Esquivel. I'm David King, sitting in, doing whatever else needs to be done. If you have a comment, suggestion, idea, want to be on a podcast, let us know. Email us at heartsofire at biobridgeglobal.org. We'll see you next time.